Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Marinero, the sick podcast. And what a pleasure when you have a former Montreal Canadian, a guy who carved out a 10-year career in the National Hockey League. He was heart and soul, uh, as tough as they come. Brandon Prust, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very good. It's really, really nice to see you. And with the playoffs here, and I was going through your uh, your stats on Hockey DB. Brandon Prust was a Montreal Canadian for three years. Those three years, the Montreal Canadiens made the playoffs every year. Yep. It's pretty yep. cool. And had a good run in one of them. And, uh, yeah, we always uh, – we had a good squad. Those, those three years were, you know, some of the best, um, you know – one of the best teams I've ever been on, right? So we had a we had a full rounded team that year when we went to the conference final. Uh, I really thought we had a chance that we were we were going to win it all, and uh, yeah, we just uh, got uh, got stymied there a little bit uh, against the Rangers. I, I want to talk to you about that and the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I want to do that in the next couple of minutes. Uh, it's a sick podcast, and the show is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players. Use code sickpod for a free pillow with your purchase, Essentia, beyond organic sleep. Speaking of sleep, I just want to backtrack for a second here, if I can. Near the end of the regular season, Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals tried to put Pavel Buchnevich and Artemi Panarin to sleep. I want to show you the images. Inside, there's Panarin down low for Bucinevich. He was tied up. Oh, Ben Rinsike with a terrific play on Bucinevich. Now they're pounding Bucinevich on the ice. Now Wilson, Wilson's throwing punches. Well, he, he, he went after Bucinevich. Oh, boy. Now Wilson. Uh, this is ridiculous. Panarin. What is Wilson doing? Brandon, when you entered the league probably, uh, you know, uh, just over a decade ago, that probably would be par for the course. Those things happen. Now with everything we know about concussions and they're trying to take fighting out of the league slowly but surely, uh, these things, it wasn't well received what happened. How did you see it? Uh, Like you said, 10 years ago, um, that's just a scrum. Um, I don't think Wilson. Uh, I, I think the throwdown was I, the one in front of the net. Um, that he fell on top of his stick. He wasn't. If you look at it, the stick's under his neck. It's not like he was cross checking him down. He gave him a jab, like a little Marshawn rat punch kind of. And then the Panarin one is, you know, Panarin's on his back and 
Tom Wilson's just a big, bigger, stronger. He's he's old man strength that guy. So, um, you know that that was. It, it's so tough to to make the call on that. Like I'm kind of in between, but the one thing I do know is if the Rangers have some tough guys in the lineup, Wilson's not doing that. So that's where fighting still has to be a part of the game because Wilson wouldn't, wouldn't be doing that to Panarin if he knew he had to answer the bell to, you know, a couple tough guys, maybe. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's tough to say where they're, what his intent was there. I know he's just a bigger, stronger guy and they're in a scrum. Uh, the throwdown does look bad. Um, if you watch it in slow motion, it looks even worse, but if you watch it kind of live time and you just see that they're, they're kind of jostling, I don't, it's tough. It's a, it's a really tough call for me. I never saw you fight though. One of the better skilled players in the national hockey league who never fought and didn't like to fight. And that's Artemi Panarin. So, so what do you make of that though? He's manhandling one of the better players in the league who clearly has no interest in fighting a guy like that. That's it comes back to my point of uh, he wouldn't be doing that if there was some tough guys over on the other side or, you know, if there was a little bit of uh, fear. I, I knew when I played, uh, if there was no tough guys on the other side or nobody that I had to worry about, I would take runs at the team's best players. But I knew if I had to answer to, a you know, a Lucic or a Chris Neal or, a, you know, a, a tough guy like a Cam Jansen, Bolton, I was like, yeah, maybe I'm not gonna run. Maybe I'm not gonna run after their best player because I'm gonna get shit kicked after. Sorry, am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, yeah, you definitely are. Go okay. ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Okay, yeah. So I think that just what it comes back to is the the, the fighting role, of, and it doesn't have to be just uh, players that are in that of an actual just a fighter, but that toughness and and fighting in the game is what protects your best players like Panarin. And uh, that's just what that's just what happened there. Wilson didn't really see any. Uh, there was no other threat for him. He could do whatever he wants. He he owns the ice out there. So it's the sick podcast and a shout out to Excellent Photo, local family owned store on Park Avenue in Montreal, centrally located, close to downtown shopping and universities. Ships to all of Canada. Speaking of photo, paint the picture for me. And I love talking to guys like you, Brandon, who played the game and dropped the gloves and took on all comers because you can tell me things that I have absolutely no idea about because I never played. I know nothing about the code. In game one between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs, Ben Sherratt takes out John Tavares in a hit on op- at open ice, and he goes down, and Corey Perry skating back trying to back check and Tavares falls in front of him, and he, it looks like he tries to avoid him, and it yeah. looks like he accidentally knees him in the head. John Tavares goes down. He tries to get back up. He's uh, he's groggy, clearly suffers a concussion, no doubt about it. And, you know, stretcher comes out. Seven or eight minutes go by, maybe even ten. Both teams look like they're in shock. And then at the ensuing faceoff, watch this. Bueno's going right at Perry, and uh, yep. Perry's uh, the gloves are ready, are ready to come off as the puck is dropped, and here we go. All right, Corey Perry said after the game when asked about it that Felino told him, hey, listen, it's our captain. I know it was an accident, 
but let's do this now and get it out of the way. And Corey Perry probably said, you know what? I'm probably going to be hunted all night long. Let me get it out of the way. And he did it. I don't understand this. Can you try and enlighten me? Well, I think Felino actually in his interview said it perfectly. So it's okay. Your, your captain's getting taken off on a stretcher. Um, obviously it was an accident, um, but maybe there was a little gray area of Perry could have done more to avoid that. But who really knows? I, I, maybe you didn't even see him. Uh, maybe there's nothing he could have done. But Felino said, all we're doing is taking out that gray area. We're just going to get this fight over with. And now we go back to playing hockey. Perry is probably really happy that he did that. Like now he's back focusing on just hockey. He's not looking over his shoulder. There's no doubt. It, the score has it's been settled and we move on and we play. So I think that was the a great job by Felino and a great job by Perry for accepting that uh, that invitation to fight. And those are two veteran hockey players that 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 understand that uh, more than anybody. So you're Nick Felino that happens to your captain or your teammate, maybe he's not even your captain. You handle it the same way? I think it was better Felino being, you know, a skilled guy um, going after Perry. Like it, it wouldn't be like send out, even though there's not really that, that player anymore, but like they, it's not like they sent out if they had like a player like me and sent me, sent me out to go fight Perry. It was, you know, Felino just wanted to settle the score. Maybe nobody else coaches didn't tell him to do that. None of the players told him to do that. Felino, um, you know, if that was, if that was me, it's better that it's two top players, right? Like, if I was playing and and that happened and uh, you know it was Lucic, I yeah I probably would I probably would just go settle the score, and just so we can get back to to playing hockey. Okay, so it kind of makes sense the way you explained it to me. I mean, you would know, I wouldn't. Okay, later on in the game though, Wayne Simmons invites Corey Perry to fight and he declines. You know, we just talked about getting it out of the way. Once he fought Foligno, isn't that supposed to be over at that point? Like, what do you make of Simmons now asking Perry to fight right after? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – he already – yeah, Perry already fought Foligno. Simmons should not be asking asking Perry. The score's been settled, and uh, they move on and play. I, I, I missed that part. I don't remember seeing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, and Perry doesn't have to fight again. Like, that's why he probably just said, no, beat it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that was the next period. Maybe Simmons, they went, everybody kind of went back in the dressing room and watched the replay. And maybe they thought Paris could have done a better job of getting out of the way. And maybe Simmons didn't think the score was settled. Montrealers probably should be happy taking a split in Toronto after the way the regular season ended. Uh, but a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans are disappointed. I mean, the Canadians on Saturday night laid an egg in game two and lost by a score of five to one. Um, Having played in Montreal, like I said, you, you made the playoffs three years in a row, but all the teams that you played with, is it as tough to play in Montreal as people say it is? Yeah, it, obviously when it comes to, you know, dealing with the media and the, the pressure um, that comes with it. But, I mean, I, I always enjoyed kind of playing uh, with, with that pressure. I always found I, I, I played better, you know, with that that intensity, right? And, um uh, it's definitely the same with the uh, Toronto. It's the same pressure there as well. So, um, 
some people might uh, maybe take it a, a little different. Some people can handle it better. Um, it, it is, it, it definitely is a pressure, pressure city, but um, you know, I enjoyed it and uh, yeah, not, not sure what happened. They definitely, uh, they definitely laid an egg though, but I actually, I didn't really like the uh, Kokiemi holding up the four. I think that's just uh, so dumb and just sparked the Leafs, gave them fire and your, your teammates are like embarrassed because you're, you're doing something stupid, and um, I think that changed the whole momentum of the the game. And uh, I don't know. That's I'm why still I I'm still wondering what that was all about, right? He's so uh, he's a healthy scratching game one. I think he finishes the season. He doesn't score a goal in his last 25 games. Healthy yeah. scratching game one. He plays game two. He scores a big goal for his hockey team to give them a one nothing lead, going to the net, battling, and then he holds up the four. It has a lot of people confused in Montreal because it can mean so many different things. Um, do you know what he was referring to exactly? Because we didn't. Yeah, quite I've, just, I've just been reading some stuff like the about the four guys that are in the, the. I don't know. They call themselves the four horsemen or something like that. I don't know, but it's just you're just putting yourself like yeah um, for the four guys that are sitting out. Like I don't know. You're 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 putting a division into the team now too, right? Yeah. So I I don't know what it was for, but it was definitely stupid. Especially your healthy scratch, you score. Put your head down and go back to the bench and fucking get ready for the next shift. Like it was just so dumb. And the it, you just sparked the Leafs. You just gave him a little more fuel, and uh, it came back to haunt him. You think. sound like a guy that if you were playing uh, last night on Saturday night, uh, that you would pull him aside and you would say, "Kid, yeah. what the hell are you doing, man? Is that what yeah. you do?" Yeah. Well, the damage is done. Um, I would have yelled at him right away. <laughs> I would have said, "Like, don't be doing that shit. What are you doing?" Like. But I'm sure maybe the guys just tried to pretend that they didn't see anything, and then hopefully the Leafs didn't see it. But I don't know. It looked uh, pretty. I don't know. Looked pretty stupid. That can affect even your teammates. Are, are kind of you know changes their kind of uh, emotion too, right? Like, yeah. I don't. I you know, maybe it didn't do anything. Maybe it's just the way the game went. Maybe I'm just overreacting. But I when I saw it, I was like, oh, what are you doing, man? Go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of those items, whether it's the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, or any other team that's in the playoffs. He's Brandon Prust. I'm Marinero. It's the Sick Podcast, and we're talking about Jesperi Kakinyemi holding up the four fingers after he scores the goal. In Montreal, a lot of Canadians fans wanted the Canadians to start the series with a lot of young guys, right? A couple of years ago, Mark Bergevin said that he was resetting, retooling, revamping, getting younger. A year ago, Kakinyemi plays in the bubble and played well in the bubble. A year later, he doesn't start game one. Cole Caulfield comes up. He's called up to play the most important game of the regular season versus Calgary. He finishes the regular season and he scores four goals in his last seven games, leads them in shots, leads them in scoring chances. Romanov played the entire year. So you're looking at um, a 21-year-old uh, and a couple of 20-year-olds 20, 20 here, a couple of 21-year-olds. They don't start the playoffs. The importance of that veteran lineup, it, is it as important as the Canadians coaching staff and management team are trying to tell everyone it is? Yes or no? Well, it, it, is, it is important for sure, having that playoff experience and guys know, knowing how to play. So I, I think Montreal's approach – was going, all right, let's get our start with this veteran um, core here. And as soon as we lose a game or, or a couple, 
now we can have this spark that comes in and can reignite the team. And then, you know, so I'm thinking like for sure next game, Coughlin's got to be in a hundred percent. Like there's no way you let, I think they, I think they make some changes for next uh, next game for sure. So I think that's just what they're thinking of. Hey, let's start with these veteran guys, and um, as soon as we need that spark, we bring in these, we bring in the young guns. So that's the only thing that, because I don't know why uh, Cole wouldn't be in uh, in the game because uh, he played pretty well uh, when he came up at the end of the season. And uh, but that's my only that's my only thought is they're they're just kind of keeping it in the back pocket and then. When they need that spark, boom, send the boys in. So I think next game, uh, those guys will be in. Now, you played with Carey Price, and obviously everyone knows the Canadians' best chance to win is having a Carey Price who's on his game. Yeah. Having said that, former Canadians goalie coach um, joined me, and uh, he talked about um, Carey Price's injuries over the course of his career. Yeah. And uh, and he said, you know what, uh, back injury, hip injury, knee injury, uh, hips, everything. Uh, this guy's bruised up pretty good. The Canadians are going to play game three on Monday and game four on Tuesday. That's back to back, and that would be three and four. Price usually doesn't play in those situations. Do you think he's going to play both? You know, playoff time, I... If he's healthy, it'll be his decision, uh, you know. And he's he had some he had some rest near the end of the year. Um, it's going to be his decision. I think they'll ask him if he can go, and I can't see him saying no. Um, yeah, so I, I think he would play back to back for sure. Um, and then they just the the the, the guy's got to do a better job in front of him, clearing out rebounds, making sure there's no second and third opportunities. They gotta they kind of have to go to that defense first uh, mentality. No turnovers. Make sure your pricers only you know stop at the first shot. Maybe a rebound, but yeah. not, not a couple more. So you know blocking shots, trying to try and make it as easy as possible on pricer. He is the best goalie, but he's the best goalie when he's you know got a good good squad in front of him and they're they're clearing the chances and the you know the rebounds. But Brandon, you know if you're a betting man, you would you would bet that the Canadians wouldn't beat Toronto if they get into a wide open style and play it offensive. So I totally understand what you're saying. But the way the league is with so many stars and it just seems like goals have been up over the past couple of years, do you believe that you can still win in the playoffs that way? And I know that St. Louis did it a couple of years ago, but more often than not, Washington wins the cup, Pittsburgh wins the cup, teams that can score, Tampa Bay won the cup, teams that can score win the cup, teams that are great at center win the cup, teams that have superstars up front win the cup. You still think you can win with those two one games? Yeah, they might not be two one anymore. I think there's just a lot, so much skill now in the league. But um, you know, those teams uh, that are winning, yeah, they're high octane offenses, but they they're just more. You know, they take advantage of those of their chances. They score on their power plays, but they're still playing solid D. They're still back checking hard. You know, you see when no when Washington won, Ovechkin was playing the best defense he's ever played. He's back checking, he's blocking shots, he's something he never did, and and that's why they won. He was playing the probably his best hockey. So um yeah, he, goals aren't you don't see too many two one games, but uh like that first game was uh pretty much uh you know I think a good uh example of 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 how it should be played and you know Pricer made those big saves but he, he didn't have to make too many uh, second, third chances uh, saves, right? So yeah, uh, just take care of the defense, uh, that, that defensive zone, and, and you'll create offense off of that. 
Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Sick Podcast. It is The Sick Podcast. I'm Tony Marinero. He is Brandon Prust. Uh, you know, still to this day, Brandon, when, when the Canadians, I want to go back, when they acquired you, they acquired you as an unrestricted free agent. You signed a four-year deal. And at the end of that third year, I believe it was, you were traded around July. Uh, and you were traded for Zach Cashin. It had a lot of people scratching their head at the time. Um, Zach Cashin was a big gamble, and for, a gamble that didn't pay off for the Montreal Canadiens. Years later, five or six years later, you still wonder why you were traded. Not to say that you were an untouchable, but you were a kind of player that they didn't have a lot of at the time. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely was a, a shock to me for sure. I, I didn't think I was uh, going to be traded, but uh, you know, Zach Cassian was, uh, you know, I think six years younger than me or something like that. He was kind of same type of of style as me. So um, I don't know if they just thought I was. Uh, getting old or something and uh yeah i still uh still don't know uh what the the process or the thought uh, behind that trade was but uh that's hockey that's life what can you do and uh yeah i just yeah i still don't really know why you said you enjoyed montreal because of the pressures of, of being a montreal canadian you thrive under the pressure but you also talked about the media, and the media is not easy. And I know listening to a guy like me after a loss is 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 not fun. I, I get that. But you know, your 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 private life was also scrutinized a lot, right? At the time, you 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 kind of formed a power couple in Quebec and stuff like that. And you guys probably couldn't go anywhere without cameras flashing. And how much did that bother you? Um, it was okay. Like some, yeah, it was. Sometimes I, I I wouldn't want it, right? Especially if you're kind of going through a hard time, or you, you know, with the, if you're kind of struggling, you have to get you kind of have to get out of that and just focus on hockey. And so I was good at uh, I was pretty good at doing that, where I'd have to kind of shut myself off from everything to make sure I'm sticking right to you know working working out, working in practice, and working on my game and uh, block out those distractions. But uh, yeah, it can definitely uh, definitely be some times where you're you know. Uh, guys can get heavily distracted, right? So I, I think I learned, you know, in New York City, that's something you kind of have to do, and um, especially just uh, being in that city, right? There's lots of distractions. So um, I was good at uh, being able to kind of put it aside when I, when I needed to. Josh Anderson is, Mark Bergevin said it when he went out and acquired him for Max Domi. He said, we're, we're getting one of the top five power forwards in the game. And we definitely see flashes of that. He's, He's big, he's strong. When he puts his head down and uh, puts his, his arm out and stuff like that, he goes to the net, he crashes the net. He's played the first two games on a fourth line with Eric Stahl and Corey Perry. I'm not a coach, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, things that coaches do that you always, um, you don't really know why they're doing that. Um and there's no explanation. Imagine being, imagine being Josh Anderson, or you know, imagine being in the dressing room, and you're kind of wondering, why the heck am I on the fourth line? So uh, that's always just it's the same thing with these guys sitting out, the young guys sitting out. We you really don't know why or what their thought process is, and um, um, but maybe that line he wants that line to to log some minutes, log log some good ten, like ten minutes or twelve minutes, and. Um, 
I, yeah, I don't really know, but uh, maybe just be a tough line to, to play against. They can he can put them on in in any situation, right? It's yeah. a pretty uh, pretty trustworthy group that you're putting out there. You know that you know that uh, they're most likely not going to get scored on for sure. They should be taking care of their own end pretty good, and uh, yeah, maybe just. Uh, yeah, and I think maybe Josh Anderson gives uh, Corey and uh, and Stall uh, a little spark too, right? So um, that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking is their thought process. For those who wish that they were behind the scenes, but they're not, what goes on now during the playoffs, right? Uh, how many meetings do you guys have? How many of it is video? What are you talking about? How are you adjusting throughout these playoffs? Now it's one game to one, coming back to Montreal for game three and all that stuff. What are they doing? Yeah, you know, they're they're watching a lot of tape, watching a lot of tape, going over different game plans. I mean, your uh, teams are throwing different things at you, so you gotta you gotta adjust. Okay, how are they breaking out on us? Uh, what's their neutral zone trap? You're constantly learning from game to game and trying to change your game plan, and um, and then just uh, you know. You don't want to overthink too much, though. You want to be able to just go out there and play. You want it to come naturally, so that's why you're kind of you know, learning in between and try to get that into your head of what you're doing and, and just go out and try and execute it. So it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of planning, but you know, when that puck drops, you want to be able to just go and uh, make sure it's just a, a natural movement of where you got to be and where you got to go and, and all your reaction time. So um, yeah, but it's, it's fun. It's an intense time, right? Nothing better. Yeah. Than so it's uh, that's the best time of the year. Uh, boys uh your your adrenaline's pumping for the whole even when you go to sleep at night so how much how much of a grind is it though like physically i mean can you put into words of how much of a grind it was and how tough it was yeah it, it's but it's a fun grind right like uh some of the aches and pains you have actually uh you actually enjoy right it makes you makes you feel a little more alive so you block a big shot and uh you know big hit and your shoulders hurt and you you know you've been you know you're doing good stuff good things so um but yeah if you start going into those third third rounds uh and you play some game sevens and some overtimes it's definitely a grind so you know you eventually by the the second round you're you're not even really practicing you're just you know game day off and then morning skate probably day of a game every coach is different but yeah you barely even practice during playoffs you played for Michelle Terrian. Did you enjoy it? I did. Yeah, yeah. Michelle was a, a great coach, and uh, you know we got along. We got along pretty well, and I think uh, I think he enjoyed the or he liked the way that I played the game. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was a pleasure. Give me a Terrian. Give me a Terrian impersonation. God, just something that he would say to the guys in the room, or something he would well. say to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I just remember him smoking darts under the bleachers. <laughs> oh, really? Eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he just he, he smoked a lot, huh? He smoked a lot. He, yeah, he smoked. He smoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, uh, he'd always like give me the you know if I got a good fight or something, he'd come give me a, a good punch. Fucking rights, prostate, you know. And uh, yeah, so he liked that. He liked that style. He liked that. Uh, um, he liked that hard nosed hockey. So I think that's why he uh, he liked the way that I played. And uh, I always wanted to play well for him. And uh, you never you never liked letting any coaches down or anything like that. So um, I always uh, always tried to play hard for him. If you had to say, and I know coaches are usually everything, right? A little bit of everything because you can't just have one thing. But was he more of a motivator or more of a tactical coach, if you had to say one or the other? 
he was a bit he was a bit of it's tough to say because he was yeah. a motivator coach too you know he he was uh he was a motivator but uh x's and o's we were we were pretty pretty well coached in the x's and o's and, and game preparation and stuff um and he would come in and give some uh some pretty good speeches too that got you got you fired up and um you know he he was both sides of the game the mental part and and the emotional part and making sure you bounce back and you know he he, he was good on he was good on good on both sides it's hard to hard to say which one he yeah. was more of he was he was pretty even keel that way you talked about one year a good run with the canadians where you won round one you run round two and then in the semis you're knocked off by the rangers i believe that's the year that Kreider goes into Kerry price right yeah. um if memory serves me well you said at the beginning of this conversation you said i thought we we're going to win the cup that year almost right or is it was yeah at what point are you thinking? I, I think we might do something here. Well, we had a we had a great season, um, and I know the year before um, we lost. I think in the first round. I think it was the year before second round. So, and we just got better the next year, right? We were a better team the next year that year that we went to the Rangers, and um, you know the first uh, the first two rounds, and then I think we beat Boston in seven, and. Um, that's when we were we were kind of like, all right, here we go. Let's let's go into New York and smoke them, and uh, you know, losing Price um, really kind of took the wind out of our sails as a, as a team. Tukarski came in and played great, but we didn't play as well as a team. Um, you know, I think just the Price factor, you know. And uh, Tukarski, we didn't even know who he was. He basically just came up from the HL. We never even really met the guy. So he came in and stood on his head. And uh, uh, But just uh, kind of Pricer going down there took uh, took the wind out of our sails, I think. And, uh, yeah. Who's your, who was your favorite teammate when you played in Montreal? I know it's hard to name just one because, obviously, a lot of guys must have – you must have appreciated a lot of guys. But let, let's just say your, your favorite teammate – on the ice and your favorite teammate off the ice. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, I guess Galley would be my, uh, yeah, would be one of my favorite teammates on, on the ice. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I would say, uh, I would say Galley. Galley and Chucky, we had a great, uh, good relationship uh, together. Um, Pricer as well, but uh, Pricer you, goalies are di- different. You leave them alone uh, as much as you can. But um, and then off the ice, uh, I don't, Rene, Rene Bork was a, a close friend of mine, um, and and still one of my uh, closest friends. So Borky was probably my my best friend off the ice. Good. Talk to me about Price very quickly because you just said he's a you know goalies are different cats, but he he's so nonchalant at times. Like last week, he broke his stick over the post because he gave up a goal in practice and everyone in Montreal was, Oh my God, that's great. You know, there's some emotion. You, you could tell the guy cares now, obviously he cares, but he doesn't really show it. And he's always like very flat in the way he answers the media and stuff like that. People yeah. wonder if he's got a pulse at times, but so yeah. What can you tell Canadians fans about him? <laughs> well, he, he is uh, he's, you know, he's a pretty not too, you know, his emotion, he is, he's even keel all the time. He doesn't show too much emotion, but 
you know, it's in there. He wants to win, and he, and he battles, and and him breaking a stick over uh, the post in practice. He's obviously just you know no not feeling right or in a funk. He's getting upset at himself, and uh, he showed some he showed some emotion, which people don't really see. But you don't see that too much in games. Um, you know, he's not definitely not one of those goalies that, uh, you know, if a puck gets deflected by one of your teammates and, you know, some goalies will look at him and be like, like blaming it on other people. Price will never do that. Never call anybody, yeah. out, you know, so, um, he's a great teammate, great leader. And, um, you know, he does most of it just by his actions, uh, not so much by, you know, but it, just the way he plays the game, he, even when he's sliding, going cross ice, <laughs> like like that save on Marner, it looks so smooth and effortless. Yeah. Like, uh, so that's basically how he goes about his everyday life as well. <laughs> they Mark Bergevin made that trade for Shea Weber, of course, because he said he wanted to change the leadership of the team. Uh, but yet, whether it's Weber's fault or it's not his fault, they haven't been able to go very far in the playoffs since they made that move. Um, what did you think of the deal at the time? Because it's four years, four and a half years later, almost five years later, still has people talking. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Shea's a great, Shea's a, a great player and a great leader. He was one of the, you know, top D men, um, in the league. So, um, obviously he, you know, he's getting a little, getting a little older now, but, um, you know, I don't know what's going on in the dress room. I don't know. I, I don't know Shay that well. I, you know, I, I know him and I've met him, but um, you know, I don't know how that, that dress room is. I know. Um, well, hold on a second. Was it as divided as we were meant to believe before that trade happened? Um, it, it could have been because uh, it was at, just after me. So um, I can't really, I, I mean, yeah. things were pretty good when, when I was there, we had a great room. We had, we had, you know, and I talked to Dale, we still, and, and we see told me when he came back to Montreal said when the first time when we went on our runs and stuff, the, the, the liveliness in the room, the emotion in the room, the guys talking guys, you know, barking at each other, making sure everybody was on the same page. He said the second time when he came back, he was like crickets, nobody talked. And it was just like really quiet. And he said the whole atmosphere in that dress room was, was just totally different. And um, I don't know if it's kind of the, the new younger generation, maybe they just kind of put their headphones on. And like, I used to hate when guys put the headphones on in the dress room, like, uh, you know, like to like get ready. It's like, Hey, we're, we're, we're talking to each other. We're, talking we're shooting shit you know we want to go over the game plan and you know i never liked when guys so i don't know maybe the guys are you know putting their headphones on they got their their iphones and listening yeah. to music. i don't i don't know but uh that never that never flew when i was when i played and um yeah so um i don't know how shay is in the dressing room right here he's a, a pretty stand-up guy and a, and a good leader so um yeah. the guys around but it's you know you can only do so much it's 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 not really like basketball where you can bring in yeah. one guy and then he can change the whole take you from first place to or last place to first place it's not like that so you need everybody else around you um picking up the slack too what do you miss most about the game Oh, probably this time of the this time of year, you know, just shutting yourself off from the rest of the world. That's the one thing about playoffs. You didn't have to answer to anybody. It was like nobody's asked. Don't ask me for fucking tickets. I'm playing hockey. Don't call me. Leave me alone. You know, like the, you, yeah. you just shut yourself off and and you're in your own little bubble for, you know, hopefully two or three months. But um, that time 
Sorry, my dog's down here. No, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Bring him uh, in here. Bring him in the podcast. Don't worry about it. With Brandon Prust and his dog. What kind of dog you have? Oh, this is a, a French bulldog. Oh, yeah, yeah. My neighbor I, has one. I babysit him every now and then. So my my dog, um, Lola, she passed away about two weeks ago. And oh, wow. so and this is my girlfriend's dog. So she misses Lola. But yeah, Lola was I had Lola for about nine years. Say bye, Scotty. Say bye. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but nice uh, to meet Scotty. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um anyway, yeah, playoffs was uh, is kind of like you know, just being in the dressing room, being on the yeah. road, um, you know, team meals, uh yeah. Just yeah, being around the boys, I think is what I what I miss the most. During the season, when did you get paid? Every two weeks or every eighteen days or oh, something? Yeah, like that? I miss those paychecks too. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna get to. <laughs> every two weeks, yeah. What's what's uh, what, were, what were you making every two weeks? <laughs> Hold on a second. Better question: Did you have any money left after the taxes in Quebec? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So in Quebec. Every two weeks when I was making 2.5. So you're paid just for about from game one of the season to the last game of the season. And I remember my paychecks were supposed to be 190000 and they were only like 85000 <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are they doing with my money? <laughs> oh, man. And they haven't fixed our roads yet either, by the way. So I, I'm going to bring up, this has been a, so much fun uh, for me, but – you played for five teams in the National Hockey League, and I want you to bring up the first thing you think about off the ice, just about the city itself of every city that you played in. Calgary. Ooh, <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> Phoenix. Oh, golf courses. Montreal. <sighs> Montreal. Oh, first thing I think about Montreal. I don't know. Just the uh, the Bell Center, I think, would be the first thing that comes to mind for me. Rangers, Whew. the Big Apple, the Big Apple, baby, New York City. That's all you got to say. Manhattan <laughs> and Vancouver, Vancouver. Oh, the scenery. Which city? And I'll end it with this. Uh, actually, I'll ask you for a prediction between the Canadians and Leafs. But which city had the nicest women? New York City. Really, eh? Oh, it's all models, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Oh, well, you know, here in Quebec, we got some pretty nice ones, but. Where are yeah. the bagels better? Where are the bagels better? Montreal or New York? People are going to be pissed off, but New York. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You're nuts, man. Really? <laughs> well, you know what? The bagels, the best bagel I ever had was out on Long Island. Maybe not New York City. Uh, the bagels were, I'd say Montreal has better bagels, but out in Long Island, there was some freaking, some good bagels out there in Long Island. But Leafs uh, or Canadians? Who's going to take this series? Canadians. You believe that, huh? I think they can. I, they uh, play like they did in the first game, and uh, I think they – and Pricer, obviously, <laughs> is their best player. Um, yeah, I think they I think they can. I think they, they, I think they take them to, you know, seven games for sure. Brandon, I had a blast, man. Thanks for doing this, bud. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Brandon Pruss, now yeah. time to make a little cash. It's time for Sick Picks. Brought to you by MyBookie. And the Sick Picks segment, go to mybookie.ag slash the Sick Podcast. To place your bets, use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. At Run My Bets, my buddy Cash, make me some, buddy. Make me some. 
Hey guys, how you guys doing today? I have a I have a great pick coming up for you guys tomorrow. I hope you guys took my advice with that Vegas. That Vegas game was huge. They went down one nothing early, but they clawed back, came up to a three one win. I put a lot of money on that guy's cash big. I have another winner for you guys today. Get ready. Look at the Tampa Bay Florida Panthers series, guys. This these games have gone over three out of four times. These guys have scored nine goals, ten goals, eleven goals. They're all over the map. Lightning power play has been ridiculous. These guys are automatic almost on the power play. You know goals are going to be coming in for them. Florida needs to win the, uh, their next game to keep the series alive, obviously, guys. And they, if, they, if they haven't scored six goals, they haven't won a game. I see Florida putting up four to five goals. I see Tampa putting up anywhere between three to six goals. The total is six. It's on my book. You plus 100. You get some good value there. You're going to get some plus money. I love the over, over six, guys. I could see it going eight, nine goals. I could see it going seven goals. Definitely where my money is tomorrow. Let's cash, guys. He is. Run my bets. Thanks, Cash. I hope you make me some. Marinero, the sick podcast. You can follow us on all social media platforms, on YouTube platforms, of course, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the sick podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress beyond organic sleep.